Hello, St. Matthew's United Methodist Church. This is Pastor Kelly. And I'm Pastor Dave. And so great to have you with us today. Uh, I still can't get over how I move the lights, man. Like, they're just in my face. <laughs> uh, we, we filmed something else at the church, like, last week, week before, and I brought the lights back in our studio, and now it's like... They're different. They're different. Uh, but I like it. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, super excited. We're, we're in Exodus for two more weeks two more weeks yep yeah last week i said like we're almost done you were like no (laughs) (laughs) uh i'm like let me go and charlton heston didn't answer me (laughs) anyway that's a that's a 10 commandments joke uh (laughs) they don't land when you have to explain them so right (laughs) that's what i tell my son he's like get it get it this is what that means i'm like kelly that's not that's not that's not funny and then i'm like oh no that's like my entire life is me explaining my jokes. Oh no, he's got my sense of humor. Um, yeah, so we're we're delving into a uh, non-controversial, super light-hearted topic today: the law. <laughs> I don't think it's controversial. Jesus kind of cleared it up for us. So. Yeah, look at that, <laughs> Holy Spirit. Uh, no, I'm I'm. Uh, as always, I'm really excited to do this. But uh, if you haven't watched Dave's sermon, it's on the YouTube channel. Uh, go check it out. Uh, I think Dave, I think you did a fantastic job of holding the appropriateness of the seriousness of the, of the law and the many, 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 many laws that there are, but also kind of, um, what we have access to in God and the freedom of that through, through good interpretation and, and good posture. So without further ado, why don't you tell us what verses you were in? And the title of your sermon and a little bit about it. Synopsis. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we were in, I can't remember, the, was it chapter 28, I think? Mm-hmm. You see, I, I start 22. Working, I, I'm working on several sermons at once, so I don't always remember. <laughs> uh, 22, 23, something like that. I don't know why I wrote down Matthew 22, 36 through 40. Well, that's I, Matthew. That's not Exodus. Yeah, that's not. I think in Exodus we were in 23. Yeah. And... Uh, the uh, so which is just a snippet. I, I chose a passage that had uh, I don't know a, a dozen or so verses um, that were taken from a section of Exodus where God was giving Moses the law. Right. Uh, of course, the law kind of uh, can be found, can be is given or is recorded as being given in Exodus, uh, in Deuteronomy, and in Leviticus. So it's not right. all all of it's not contained in any one of those books, but it's across the three. Right. Um, where we find it. Uh, but there's 600, uh, the Jewish people say there's 613 uh, laws. Of course, there's uh, some disagreement about that, but uh, uh, that's the, kind of the traditional uh, number uh, of laws that um, that they're said. That's uh, a lot. It is. Why yeah. so many, Dave? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> ask God. When, when, you're, when you're at the pearly gates, <laughs> you can ask God anything you want to ask. And I'm sure God will answer. Man, I, I think my first question is going to be like, how many calories in this pizza, bro? And <laughs> and then if Jesus' response is, what calories? I'll be like, I know I made it. That's right. I know I'm there. That's right. right? Uh, yeah, just, just quick anecdote on the joke about how many laws and why so many is... Uh, so Exodus, Deuteronomy, Leviticus mm-hmm. is where we find all 613. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go read those, I caution you. Exodus, it's okay. Deuteronomy, it's okay. Once you get to Leviticus, it's like, oh, why? <laughs> um, 
they get really oddly, weirdly specific. And I don't say that just because I'm like uh, not initiated with the context of all that. I mean, like even in that, there's some really odd, like, that's so specific. Yeah. Why? Uh, so, yeah, that's that's what I'm alluding well, to. Well, and if you want to find, uh, there's lots of lists out there. You can Google 613 Laws of Moses, and you can find those lists, and they, they reference the scriptures where they come from, and, and uh, yeah, that's some, some fun reading. <laughs> uh, but I, I think to your point of, you know, the, the wording and the things that they cover tells us and reminds us that these things are really cultural culturally specific. So these are these are uh, addressing things that were uh, in the culture of the time. Um, uh, I, uh, and and also I see so just some context around the passage here. Um, so the uh, Israelite people were living in Egypt. Mm-hmm. They were released from Egypt. They escaped from Egypt and they were going to form a new community. Mm-hmm. Um, they were the chosen people chosen by God to be kind of the, the example for the world. Uh, and they were moving kind of in a, in a fresh start, uh, kind of way into this new community. So I look at these, these laws and having looked at them, they're, they're very kind of interwoven. They cover all kind of just kind of any aspect of life in a community that you could think of. Right. Um, and I kind of see them as creating the community, maybe an ideal community, if they could be followed um, as as God intended them to, to be followed. It really uh, would be kind of an ideal, kind of a remaking of Eden mm-hmm. um, in, in that they cover, you know, disputes and they cover, um, you know, of course, the food laws and, and you know, you know, just anything that you could think of where people are building the community together. They really kind of come together. They create a safety net for the poor. They, they, they don't favor the rich, um, uh, or the powerful, uh, and they don't, uh, but yet they make sure that the, um, that the, uh, uh, those who have less are taken care the of. Sojourner and the widow yeah, are taken yeah. care of. So the orphan. It's, <laughs> it's really, uh, you know, in the red, I think in the right spirit, and seeing how they all fit together and how they cover all aspects of life, um, in a in contextually you know specific ways, mm-hmm. um, they really I think the intent was to create the ideal community, mm-hmm. or to to set that up. Of course, we twist things and and get it all wrong, and and it was written for that culture too. So it's not like we can't say we're going to follow all six hundred thirteen. Uh, and and create an Eden today, mm-hmm. um, you know that's that's the, the wrong reading. But the but I think that was the intent of the law. So I don't you know there's a lot of jokes and hard feelings and and all of that kind of stuff about the law. <laughs> but that's kind of how I see the intent of it mm-hmm. uh, was to create the ideal community um, that that lifted up the those who were uh, uh, weak. Um, and to give them footing that they wouldn't have had otherwise. Well, and I think, uh, so, yes, wonderful, insightful. Good job, Dave. <laughs> uh, and there's a couple, like, boxes, if you will, that I think you've you've kind of, like, touched on, right? So one of them is is uh, cultural context. Mm-hmm. So, so there's an intention 
it's not just what laws are given, it's also when they're given and it's to whom they're given and, and what they're going through. So when you talk about like a community group, right, of people who have been, who have not self-governed, right, they have been enslaved and they have a religious context, they have a political context, they have a judicial context, they have they have peer-to-peer context, they have civil dispute context, they have how you like view each other and how you view property context, what property mm-hmm. is or isn't. Mm-hmm. So there's all of these things that are happening, and all of a sudden, not only do they not have any of that framework anymore, they're in the wilderness, and it's like, have fun? <laughs> like, And they're tired, and they're hungry, and I don't know about y'all, but if I'm thirsty... And I'm tired and I'm hungry. I don't always make the best decisions. And so in that, so it's not just about like obeying it to the letter of the law. I think it's really important, like you said, to understand that God calls them out of Egypt, makes a way for that to be accomplished and to happen. And God wants to be with God's people. And and the way that we say this, and this is one of the things I think it's hard when we start talking about this, is like, well, why didn't God give everybody all the things, right? Why didn't God, why did God, because we talk about the Jewish people like they're chosen, and sometimes I think people equate that to being special, as opposed to God's like, I'm telling you what it means to live with me in community, and I want you to teach everybody else how to do this. Be so, an example of so that. So be yeah. an example mm-hmm. and bring everybody else in, mm-hmm. not through uh, <laughs> the Crusades and, and, and making them, but by living life and doing life together in the way that I have intended creation to function, mm-hmm. then it will it will work itself out. And now we know because you know the Hebrew people are like, let us write all of the terrible things and how we failed in this book and <laughs> these stories. And I'm like, wow, you guys are really unflattering to yourselves. Um, but I think like you're saying, so so that's one spot, right? Is it's there's an intention here, and I think for me, uh, probably up until more recently, like it was always like, well, we have all these laws and we can't fulfill them, so we're all guilty and blah, 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 and all these things, as opposed to the intention of the law is the place that I never really had focused. It was like, oh, so maybe it's not that I can't have catfish because I like catfish and I like shrimp and I like lobster, by the way. Don't eat those. They're bad. I'm just kidding. <laughs> They're against the law. They're against the law. Um, but it was like, oh, God, you've given instruction in a contextual time that fulfills later what Jesus equates to two commandments and goes, these are the things that these all hinge upon, right? Yeah, I wouldn't say equate. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I think Jesus kind of understood the law, lived the law so much that he understood the principles that kind of underlaid it. Right, the intention behind mm-hmm. it and refocused mm-hmm. the people mm-hmm. group who were obsessed with the checklist and not stepping out of bounds. Right. So so for instance, in in the pass in the list of passages and verses that I chose for this week, one of them was saying if the if the uh donkey of your enemy is in trouble, you have to go you have to go free the the animal. You have to attend to that. You can't ignore it. Mhm. Uh, but it's your enemy's animal. It's your enemy's property. 
And there's there's multiple laws that talk about even if it's your enemy, you have certain obligations to do. I want to call attention to that for a sec. So one of the things I think that's really important about living in the states currently, and if you, and if you're in another place in the world too, like this is also meant like measure it against your own context. Okay, when I think of an enemy, I think of somebody who annoys me. I think of somebody I got beef with, or somebody I may not totally enjoy. I think sometimes contextually, like when these are given, when somebody says enemy, it's like somebody who can like literally cause you serious permanent harm. I, I think it, it covers the whole gradient. The whole it, gradient, it could, right? It could be it could be somebody you're annoyed with. Uh or it could be, you know, somebody uh, might kill somebody, you. <laughs> somebody somebody raising arms so, against you. So there's a like so the gradient of this, right? Like so in my context, I was like, I the people who annoy me probably aren't out to kill me. Uh and so like what what the heart, right, and and the and the love that God wants us to have for one another, that's a that's a really serious and pretty steep. Like, wait, you want me to do what? Mm, but but they're bad. <laughs> like, yeah. and so it it but but again, like you're saying, the law kind of covers that. Where, um, anyway. So well, yeah, and and the point I was kind of working toward is that Jesus saw those verses and later he could say, you know, we're called to love our enemy. Um, he wasn't making that up. He was understanding the intent of the law. Right. Um, he was understanding the undergirding and what those, those laws that get real specific about, you know, your enemy and how your obligations exist there, even though, you know, they're against you or you're against them. However, that works out. Right. You still have those obligations. And, and Jesus was able to say, because he so internalized that, Mm-hmm. And knew so well, and knew the underlying kind of principles behind it. He could say, "Love your enemy," um, and and know that that um, you know he was in tune. Even though there's not a specific law that says "love your enemy," he knew that that was the under one of the under uh, uh, girding principles uh, right. of the law. So, so moving us into this uh, eloquently put, Dave. Uh, moving us into this next part, and we've kind of touched on this here and there, but I want to I want to bring it to the front here. Is so obeying the spirit or the literal law. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where I think sometimes, at least in my interpretations and the way that I was taught these things, right? It was like, well, Kelly, you can't possibly fulfill the law, and I'm like, but none of you can name all of them. So, like, why are you telling me I have to do this? And so. Just if you would. Well, actually, one of the laws is you have to learn the Torah. (laughs) (laughs) Just failing all day today, man. Uh, Which means you have to learn the law. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in... You got to so be able it's to a recursive yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Cool. There. Thanks, yeah. thanks, yeah. Dave. Sure. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh huh. We can. Play all right, games. y'all signing off. <laughs> <laughs> we can play games. Um. So. Uh, uh, oh, so what's the question? So, so to that point, and and yeah. I don't know a thread that I'm I'm kind of pulling on here as as you were sharing too is it's like I I, I keep going back to this concept of, you know, we don't love the law, we love who gave the law. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and I think sometimes too, like if you, if it's, if it's literally just literal interpretations, right. Okay. It's like, I gotta, so this is what it says to do. So I have to do this. I, it's not only do we run into problems, we miss the point. Mm -hmm. Right. It's the law is even to your point of like being viewed in those contexts and those time periods to those people and to what they're currently encountering is 
you know, we're, we're fulfilled in our obedience to God when we love God back and, and, we, and we do the best we can to, to love God, love others, and love ourselves in the way that God intended us to be. Um, and I think sometimes, again, like the way that I was taught was, it was like, okay, the way to love God is to obey and to do all this stuff. And the way I think we're kind of talking about it, that's a little backwards. Mm-hmm. It's it's be with God, love God, mm-hmm. and then these things kind of... Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, Jesus kind of famously said, um, you know, he was asked, what's the greatest commandment? What's the greatest <laughs> law? And he, and he, because he understood the law and the purpose of that, he was able to kind of distill that into two principles uh, that are to love the love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, love your neighbor as yourself. And then he said, on these two principles, actually he says on these two commandments, everything else is is based. All Hinges. the all the law, all the prophets, all of the work that um, that God has has done rely on these two principles that underlie everything else. So if somehow we think we're following the law and we're hurting our neighbor, then we're not really following the law. We have misunderstood, right. misinterpreted somewhere along the way. Um, and so really, I don't think knowing, understanding, you know, being able to recite the 613 is important, but knowing the two principles that underlie all of that, uh, that cross cultural context and cross time, um, are the, that we love God and we love our neighbor. Right. Um, and so we can be... Uh, respectful of the law, uh, not by following the the things that were culturally, you know, specific mm-hmm. uh, and trying to apply them somehow today, but we respect the law and we follow the law by loving God and loving our neighbor, which is, I mean, easier to say, but a lot harder to do mm-hmm. because it doesn't give us those specifics of well, in this situation, you have to do this, and this, right. and this, you have to do that. That that level of guidance um, is isn't there, which but the blanket that it covers um, is both more freeing and you know more all encompassing, right? Um, to do that, right? That's when Jesus is like, "My yoke is easy, my burden is light." I'm like, liar! Uh, <laughs> but right, the concept is not complicated. It's the application and it's the living out of it. Mm-hmm. And and I've always felt like too, like as we're talking, right? Like so the law is this heady concept and and I'm hitting it really hard, mainly because I feel like, and not because, you know, I had a moment where the clouds parted and God literally spoke to me on Sunday. But just for the sake of the conversation, right? Like when I was growing up and and the theological foundations that were laid for me around the concept of the law and 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 how those things played out and how we were supposed to interact with those, not only were they really harmful, but as I got older, they were like damaging and left like mm-hmm. residual issues mm-hmm. with me where I was like, okay, so like which one is it? And my understanding around the concept of the law, the law, and what was given was shame and guilt and evil and I'm terrible and like I can't meet up and I'm bad and all this other stuff as opposed to um you know that even Jesus comes and goes hey listen I'm not throwing all this out what I'm telling you is is that like if you're not intentionally focused on these two concepts and your application of all of the parts of your life then you have missed it all and I go 
oh, that makes more sense. (laughs) You know, one of the big catchphrases today or the ideals is that we're going to live according to biblical principles. (laughs) Well, biblical principles tell you not to eat catfish uh, or shrimp, (laughs) you know. Uh, I think we should be living according to Christian principles. Christ is the one that we we follow. Well, and there's and, all kind of crazy stuff in the Bible. And so, <laughs> and and again, like to to bring it back, I think to the context in which we're even referring to when Jesus is interacting with people mm-hmm. and who he's talking to mm-hmm. is we call it good faith or bad faith conversations, right? And there's a whole context in our culture around those types of supercharged conversations, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I've always felt like, or not always, but oftentimes when we start talking about biblical principles or being a Christian, whatever, not only do I feel like it's incredibly insincere, it's also incredibly inconsistent, because when we start to really look at the law and you know the beginning in Genesis and how I think God has intended creation to function and for us to have a relationship with God— and with one another, um, sometimes some of the loudest voices I hear in support of those types of agendas are so far away from things like forgiving debt, and every couple of years it's all forgiven, and then every 50 years— Seven, seven, ever years. seven, ever seven. That's a couple. Uh, you know, it's like living in Texas. Everybody's like, oh, it's not that far. You just go that way for a little bit. I'm like eight hours in. I'm still in this state. Actually, seven's an uh, important number. To yeah, get right. uh, fair. Uh, and then every 50 years, we have a giant kegger for like a year. But the uh, like, year of Jubilee. The year of Jubilee. But, but so it's these types of things. And so, again, like when I get interact with these conversations, and I don't know, listeners, watchers, you know, when we start to interact with these things from a legalistic place of you have to obey the law, you've we've already departed from the intention of it and what I think Jesus is trying to accomplish and what God was trying to accomplish in the beginning anyway, which was um, love me, love each other. And in doing these things, right? Because, again, to bring it all the way back to the beginning when we talked about when these— the beginning of these things are given. The backdrop and the comparison to law and governing of society and like social contracts, right, is Egypt. And their context is they were not real people. They did not have inherent worth and value. They were property and they were treated terribly. And then, you know, we could get into like the Egyptians and sacrifice and people and how they treated each other. So the backdrop here is very much of like, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. That's not what I want. I want us to do this. And it's like, oh. And then we watch how we don't do that. And then it gets bad. And then we're sorry. And then we do it for a little bit. And then we don't do it. And it gets bad. And there's this whole cycle that kind of... But anyway, so back to Jesus in that is... We're not here to serve the law. We're here to love Jesus and to be with Jesus and to love one another. And if we do that, um, I would say this really carefully. I think if you do everything you can to not just love people in your current understanding of what love is, if you're trying, if you're trying to really grow and you're challenged in that and you press into loving God, 
and loving your neighbor and loving yourself and your neighbors, everybody, by the way, including your enemies, uh, not only are you going to grow tremendously in your faith and your relationship with God, but I would argue it's really hard, I think, to quote unquote fail or disobey when you're really trying to do those things. So that's the blanket in the gray area you're talking about. It's like what is love covers a multitude of sin is you're not obeying a checklist anymore. You're you're serving in a you're you're participating willingly in a relationship that God has intended for all of creation to participate in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's solid. I like it. All right, it's because Dave touched on something that I loved, and I told him I was going to bring this up. So Dave, from the pulpit, you talked about predatory loans and laws and how they're evil. <laughs> Talk about that. <laughs> well, yeah, one I mean there's a number of the laws that talk about interest and how it's pretty much outlawed um within the culture of uh, what would be is Israel. Uh interest is outlawed and and you know thinking about outlawing interest today, I mean how much of our economy is based on interest and and all of that. I participate in that economy. That's, absolutely. Absolutely. Um but then we also we have examples of how it's gone wrong. And, you know, the predatory lending that exists today, you know, uh, car loan, you know, notes and uh, auto notes and, uh, you know, all of those things, payday loans and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for an example, I, I had somebody come in and, and uh, share with me their their uh, their loan that they'd gotten for their car. They needed some help with it. I looked at the terms of their loan and they were uh, they had you know, bought a, a used car for $10,000. And by the end of their loan kind of agreement, they will have paid $25,000, you know? So the poor, those who don't have kind of, uh, resource uh, resources and, and that means money, that means job, that means a family that can help you out or, or a community that so can help yeah, you out hundred percent, you know, are forced into, into doing those things. You got to have a car in our society today to, to do almost anything. Um, so they're forced into these kind of, uh, predatory practices, uh, that just ensnare them, uh, and get them even deeper, uh, in trouble, Mm -hmm. uh, destroy their, their hope, destroy their lives. Uh, if there's, if there's an illness and they fall behind, there's very little, help even if they don't fall behind i've got i've got friends who need Mm -hmm. who are in parts of the country where like getting meds for like you know type 1 diabetes is like literally 70 percent of their paycheck yep Yep. they can't afford it and it's that's that's hereditary right like it's not even so there's parts of the law that we can make fun of Mm -hmm. um that that seem out of context for us (laughs) today catfish (laughs) (laughs) but there's there's parts of it that are you know you can see um, how this saved, you know, saved people from, from heartache. Well, and, and, and so like in that context, right. So I'm making the jokes about fish or bacon or pork. Right. And like, for me, it would be like, you know, a way to fulfill the, the, the intention and the purpose of that. Right. Is if I have somebody who, you know, abstains from meat, either for medical reasons or personal reasons, I'm not going to flaunt that in their face. Mm-hmm. Now that's my interpretation. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's a way of like, I can partake if I want. My freedom or my choice isn't taken from me, but out of love for somebody else and their comfort and prioritizing their personhood, I can make that choice. And that's that's a way to kind of uh, mm-hmm. kind of do that. And so 
I loved that you brought up loans mm -hmm. because I think personally, I think a lot about the temple. Mm -hmm. And people are like, well, Jesus got mad and hit people so we can get mad and hit people too. And I go, time out. <laughs> time out. You ain't Jesus. <laughs> Number one, you know, scales might be a little tilted there, but two, like, they have turned that place into an interest predatory practice and it's bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when I hear Jesus talk about money, you know, I can insert big name Christian money people in here. And again, like we're trying to figure out systems and ways to, to, to do this and to honor God with this. But part of the thing you're talking about is the severity and the seriousness of this is that we're talking about resources that directly impact how people get to live. And the Christian, right, the believer who wants to love God and love God's creation and love neighbor well is going to be aware and has to, for the person, to the person, is figuring out how to navigate things that are either A, objectively evil or sinful, or is figuring out how to how to navigate and live in a world where um, that's a struggle. Mm -hmm. So this is a context, right, that mm -hmm. I think our current culture, no matter where you're at, whether you are a person who has resource, whether you're a person who doesn't have any resource, or you're a person kind of in the middle, um, you know, we have a lot of current conversations culturally where I think being people of God who, like, do this well. And I don't mean take care of our finances well. That's fine if you do that. I mean like the way that we are charitable with one another and the way that we look out for each other and we love each other in this context is one of the places we can quote unquote to to coin the phrase, you know, put a flag in the ground as as a community of people who like really love God well. Mm -hmm. Because this is a place where so many people struggle um and don't have hope. And you want to talk about people who are like literally living in despair is what do you do when you can't pay bills? And or you're making those choices between your your meds and food and rent yeah. and air conditioning, you know, as we're sitting mm -hmm. here in 105 um, degree day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's know, like 90 you, in this room. <laughs> you know, maybe you you have air conditioning, but you can't afford to run it. Or you have to choose to do that or, you know, between these other things. So and so all that might sound overwhelming. And and before we get into the next thing I want to touch on, Dave, you said something Sunday that I also thought was wonderful and brought me a lot of peace. Uh, you said something. I want you to frame it in the way that you said it, because it's better than how I'm going to say it. But you said uh, what I heard you say, at least, was um, that it's not my job to tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. Because then I would be enforcing my own law upon you. Mm -hmm. um, kind of explain that in a way that people will understand, because I don't think what I said made any sense. <laughs> I don't remember saying it like that. Okay, uh, how did maybe, you say it, though? Maybe maybe you're, you're remembering, so I talked about how the law can influence kind of our decisions, but it's because it's contextual, it's not going to cover everything. That was it. Yeah. Uh, and so the example I used was, so say you're buying a car and you want uh, guidance from God, if you should buy an electric vehicle or, or a gas, you know, yeah. a gas vehicle. Um, and I just said, I'm not going to weigh in on, <laughs> on that. Um, you know, that's, that's something that you have to decide. Uh, you have to figure out. Right. Um, in your walk and, and the way you, you read that. 
Um, and that's not to say that we'll, we should always choose things for our own comfort or our own uh, desire. Mm -hmm. uh, I think God does call us into uh, making difficult decisions, making sacrifices and, and whatnot. Um, but it's to say uh, from the pulpit, I, you know, I can talk about the law and I can talk about the Jesus and I can talk about what Jesus said. And hopefully I'm repeating what Jesus said, but then it's up to the listener then to live that out. Mm -hmm. um, and just like it's for me to, to live that out. I'm just trying to say, this is what I see. Um, right. I'm not, I'm not going to judge somebody, you know, based on what, what kind of car they, they end up buying. If they've made a, a faithful kind of decision and have come to a conclusion, that's their conclusion. Right. And I think this is where, like, especially in communities, right, where we, we struggle a bit is in a, in a culture that we're all kind of living in right now where, you know, next year's going to be really contentious. But, hey, you know, people are like, why? And I'm like, we'll get to that next year's podcast. Uh, but talking about controversial or emotionally charged topics uh, before I dunk on everybody else, I wish I was better at that. I feel like I'm okay at it. Like I'm getting, I'm trying to get better at it. Um, but culturally, we are abysmal <laughs> at loving each other in the middle of like highly contentious discourse. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, being people of God, loving God, loving each other, being communities where people want to, the, 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 the God in them, right? That they're created being that is seeking that out. That is, you know, a provenient grace, right? Like uh Methodist, uh, you know, we want to be, we want to be those kinds of people. And so this is another place, right? Where how we talk to each other, um, not just in person, but online on your profiles, the things you post, the things you say are also a way to be the love, mm -hmm. be kind to people and to, and to do those things. Um, and, and I think it's really important. This is essentially my, my closing thought here is, um, I think when I, when I think about applying this and living this out, right. So how do I love God with everything I am and everything I have, which is like really steep and trying to love my neighbors as I love myself, as I'm learning to love myself better. Cause by the way, we're all on a journey too of like, Hey, what is our worth? Like, mm -hmm. how does God see us? How do we interact with that is, um, I think for me, there's a there's a process I go through where when I'm really intentional about it is okay. So if I'm with God, um, how does this show that me and God are together? Like the fruit of that, what is that going to be? And then too, like I do consider how I try to consider at least like how does this show love for my neighbor? And sometimes like neighbor isn't doesn't mean like some fictitious person you've never met. Right. Like, how does this affect the people in like this other part of the planet that I have no like actual buy in? Maybe it's your circle of influence. Maybe it's my influence. Maybe it's and I don't mean influence as like a cult leader. I mean, influences and in like relationships and, and, you know, the dynamics that are there of like the friendships I have. And like when I say something to somebody, like how would it affect them or, you know, personal choices I make on purchases I make or mm -hmm. places I decide to spend my time like. How does this affect other people too? Mm -hmm. And I think when I do that, um, I don't always get it right, 
uh, I don't always obey all the law. <laughs> but what I find is not only is that like a freeing place to be, I feel very empowered mm-hmm. and with God there. And oftentimes when I'm intentional in those spaces, I feel like I'm loving God well. Mm-hmm. I'm loved well and I'm loving other people well. I feel a, a fulfillment and a sense of purpose. And things normally go much better in my life, at least in the places I can control, mm-hmm. uh, when I live there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's when I start being, how do I get what I want? <laughs> things kind of break. So that's my my final two cents. <laughs> so so you, yeah, that's by design that... that <laughs> When, when I you, did good. <laughs> when, you, when you start living into to God way, God's ways and and seeking peace, mm. you know that fulfillment of of who we are, and seeking and you know and loving God and loving your neighbor. When you're living in that way, you do find yourself in a better place, emotionally, typically physically, spiritually, of course, mm. um, and you find yourself relationally, you know, better as well. Um, when you're fighting kind of those ways of God or you've misinterpreted the ways of God, um, then yeah, it's a harder life. Now that's not to say you won't get sick. That's not to say, you know, any of things don't happen. That the things don't happen. Uh, there's no, uh, you know, the force field doesn't exist when you become a person of faith. Uh, but it is to say you're living into that design. And so things do get easier and you are fulfilled. Uh, in your life when you do that. And that's by design. I mean, we were created by God to be in connection with God. And when we're living out that purpose, we are going to find ourselves in a better place um, across the board. And so that's why, you know, the, the, uh, the walk of faith, the life of faith uh, um, is important. And that's, you know, why Jesus led us in that direction and why he, he taught um, all the things that he taught and how to do this and how to be uh, connected to God as as Jesus was. Hmm. Um, you know, not because it's a rule, but because it leads us to a better place, uh, both individually and then communally as well. Um, you know, life on earth as it is in heaven is part of our the Lord's Prayer that we say all the time. Once we start really trying to live into that and recognizing that we have a role in that, um, that's when it starts to to come to fruition, um, and so uh, that's that's kind of how I see the law uh, living out. It's that blueprint for that community in that time to kind of recreate that Eden that um, you know often I yearn for even today. Mm. But the but it's not found in the six hundred and thirteen laws. It's found in the two principles that are to love God and love neighbor that under undergird everything else. Amen, brother. I'm Pastor Kelly. And I'm Pastor Dave. And we'll catch you on the next one.